Tuesday's gone. Any Leonard Skinner fans out there? What's your favorite Leonard Skinner song? Give me a call on your home of rock and roll. I would say my favorite Leonard Skinner song is Give Me Back My Bullets. What's up, Aaron Gosser? What's up, Marky? Tim Kane with an early appearance this morning. What's up? Hey, Brad Curry and Matthew Appleberg and David Lawson and Dan Skaleski and Benjamin Tucker and Terry Arter. Tuesday's gone. Freebird's your favorite Leonard Skinner song? If you were a music jock, um, you end up hating that song because, boy, did we play that one a lot. Oh, my goodness. What's up, Eric Harris? I did a lot of sailing yesterday. Sailing. How does that go again? Take me away. I don't know. Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross, a, a giant one-hit wonder, although he had another song in there, but he was supposed to be a big fucking deal. He won uh, the Grammy for for New Artist. Oh, my God, this is for really old people now. Why am I doing this to myself? And then he was a big bust-a-roo after that. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Christopher Cross almost died from the COVID-19. You know, that fake disease that's no worse than the flu. Well, it almost took out... The great Christopher Cross. So, oh yeah, he's uh, he's a staple on Yacht Rock. That's the one thing I'll be honest with you. Sirius XM when uh, they uh, they they let me go, I'll say it every time. I, I officially wasn't fired. They just wanted my ass out of there. Came up with a lame excuse. I fought it, and then uh, you know they did the right thing and they they paid out my contract. That is a that is a fact. Oh, Ride Like the Wind. Thank you. That's another great wind song. And that was uh, that was Christopher Cross. That was his second hit, even though they call him a one-hit wonder. Why are we talking about Christopher Cross? What was I just talking about? I just got excited about Christopher Cross again. Yeah, my office was in the hallway. That was the first clue that they were done with me. Oh, my God. When, when I first uh, came to XM with Anthony, oh, my God. We were rock stars. Whatever we wanted, they gave us. And then by the end, I was um, I had a I had an office. Well, it wasn't even it, it wasn't even an office they gave me. I officially had no office. They're like, "This is what we think of you now. You have no office." <laughs> so I so I set up in the hallway. I think a lot of you guys know these stories, but fuck them. Uh, fuck it. It's 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 worth uh, telling again. So I would just set up a little office in this tiny little hallway that was right next to the windows. Uh, so the windows were to let's say my left, and to my right were all the studios. And the and the actual walkway was no more than I would say three and a half feet apart, uh, three and a half feet across. Excuse me. And uh, I would I would hold court and and do my meetings in that spot and. Uh, and I would get so annoyed when people had to walk by and I would I would yell at them. This is all true, man. It's documented. People were like, you're nuts. I was like, at this point, who cares? So people would walk through and I'm like, excuse me, this is my office. Could you walk around? And, and to walk around was a real pain in the ass and some people just did it. <laughs> then a fan gave me a, a, a plant that I was taking care of and... This is how fucked up it is when I when I uh, was let go of SiriusXM. I, I think I was more bummed that I couldn't bring my plant with me because for some reason that plant meant a lot, a lot to me. So, 
Uh, hold on. Let me go back here on the comments. Uh, Michael writes, uh, not going to lie, I had an XM and Sirius in car with that satellite thing running to the back. LOL. Yeah, man. I've told this story, too. When me and Anthony first signed with XM, you know, we came from a place where we were syndicated across America. We were talking to um, at least, at least 2 million people a week, if not more. And then we got fired for the Sex for Sam thing. And then the XM, um, you know, hired us because they had this new satellite radio thing and they needed a big name. And we were damaged goods, so we said, fuck yeah. And uh, then uh, they didn't really believe in us or they were scared of us. So we were on a premium channel. So not only did you have to get satellite radio, then you had to pay a few extra bucks to get us. So that... Uh, that guaranteed that our numbers were going to be just fucking terrible to begin with. And I remember, I forgot where we were coming from, but we were uh, we were in line at the Lincoln Tunnel in about an hour's worth of traffic because New York City sucks. They can't figure out the commute for anybody after all these years. Pay all those fucking taxes and you still just sit in a car and rot year after fucking year. People literally die in their cars because they can't take it anymore. And we're on, in line at the Lincoln Tunnel, our traffic, and we're seeing the cars zooming by us the other way. And uh, we, we thought we'd have a nice little exercise, like, hey, let's see how many people have satellite uh, radio antennas on their cars. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, there's one. And then we waited 10 minutes. Oh, there's another one. And then we waited another 10 minutes. Oh, there's another one. In an hour uh, wait for the Lincoln Tunnel, I think we saw maybe five. So that means at the time that those five cars out of all the cars zooming past us had satellite radio. And we got deeply depressed. We're like, what the fuck, man? Is this going to be a long, steep climb? But in the end, uh, we did it, obviously. But it was not fun in the beginning, that's for sure. You're a high-voltage guy, Mike? Ugh. Oh, God, another lawyer. Like, they gave us our own channel. And they're like, we need you guys to name the channel. I'm like, okay, uh, let me think it over, you know? And then this lawyer, we called her Lawyer Lady. She was coming up from Washington for, I guess, um, I don't know, the press event or something that they held at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe, I believe. And uh, all of a sudden, she gets off the train, and, and she announced that they're going to name our channel High Voltage. You know, because we're shock jocks. And I looked at her like, what the fuck are you doing? You're a lawyer. That that, that you, don't, you don't have a creative bone in your body. If you just gave us a couple more hours, we would have came up with something nice. And then she's like, it's too late. It's, a, it's part of all the press releases. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is just going to be a nightmare. And it was a nightmare at first until, until everything kind of came together. It was like the wild, wild west is satellite radio. You think I got dyslexia? I think I might have a little dyslexia. I know I have a little brain damage from breathing in the kerosene from the attic when I was living with Buzzy in Geneseo. So let's 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 definitely say I got a little brain damage. That's pretty obvious. I think I got a little dyslexia because I get the, some of the words messed up from time to time, and I definitely got a little uh, a little OCD. Just a little. I'll 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 pick a scab every once in a while. Nothing crazy, but I'll I'll get that done. And then, uh, you know, and then Carl uh, thought I had a little uh, touch of the autism. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> God. 
how did I get into broadcasting? And then I had a terrible Long Island accent on, on top of that, which is slowly but surely coming back. The Long Island accent is really lazy. You just don't finish words. You're like, ah, that word's good enough. So you just just say part of the word. It just fades out. The Long Island accent is, is just the worst. Especially if you're going into broadcasting. You're headed to Mickey Rats today. TNA with O&A, 2002. Damn, Tim Kaine. Yeah, I, I told that story already, but that was, uh, that was the event that was supposed to get me and Anthony fired, and they were coming for us. There were lawyers involved. Buffalo wanted us arrested. Long story short, it was volleyball with uh, girls from a strip club, and the girls decided, fuck this, volleyball's boring when we could eat each other out in the sand and have everybody watch, including families. It was completely out of control. There were thousands of people there, and uh, Buffalo, after we left, really wanted us to come back and uh, face some charges, and uh, NEW at the time was like, oh my God, and they were panicking, and the lawyers were getting involved, and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do. And then next thing you know, we pulled the Sex for Sam stunt. And then they're, they're like, well, now we know what to do. And they fired our asses. But uh, TNA with ONA, that was, that was an event that uh, we were in trouble with that quickly went away when we uh, topped that uh, broadcast or that stunt. That was the beginning of cancel culture, Shannon Johnson? Well, look. Oh, this pains me, but... I'm not a fan of cancel culture. That that doesn't pain me. I, I hate cancel culture. Absolutely hate it. But, to be fair, when you got strippers completely naked eating each other out in the sand, and there were families around, and they're yelling and screaming like, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> you want to talk about carrots? I kind of got to give it to them that maybe that's a bit over the line. But it wasn't our idea. We had good intentions that day. We thought, you know, strippers in tiny little bikinis jumping up and down, playing volleyball, and the beer's flowing and the music's flowing. We were barely on the radio. We were doing, uh, like, check-ins with the local station up there. So it wasn't even really being broadcasted, except for every once in a while we jumped on the radio for, like, five minutes. Um, but the thing got away from us, and then because our names were on the poster... Well, whose names are on the poster? Opie and Anthony? Well, damn, we got to arrest those motherfuckers. Someone has to pay for this. Didn't help that they were shoving stuff up. Shoving stuff up their vaginas, too. Oh, my God. That was crazy. The days of Shock Junk Radio, huh? Yeah, one point for Karen. Absolutely, Eric. Uh, Reichert. I hope I said that name right. I don't know, man. We were we were a runaway train. What else could we do with this shock jock stuff? I don't know. In theory, it made sense at first because we had to get our names out there. No one knew Opie and Anthony. And we're like, well, how do we get people to talk about us? Well, I know. Let's get some shocking things done. And that's the stuff people will talk about. And they'll, they'll say stuff like, did you hear those idiots on WNEW? What idiots? Opie and Anthony. Oh, God, what a stupid name. Opie and Anthony. What a dumb name for a show. And then people go, oh, that sounds interesting. And then they tune it in. And then the uh, philosophy was, now we hit them with the intelligence and the comedy. 
But unfortunately, we felt like the shock jock stuff was uh, a big part of our, our show, and we needed to continue with that. And maybe, you know, in retrospect, maybe we should have calmed some of that down. But you can't go back in time unless you have a DeLorean. Then you could go back in time. Well, no, you need a, a clock tower too, right? And you also need a storm. So it's a, a bit complicated, but it is possible to go back in time if uh, everything is just right. Were you nervous when you messed with Bernie Getz? Yes, I was. I'm convinced, hey, uh, Bob Jackson, I'm convinced that Bernie, when he ran out of the studio, he had a gym bag. I'm convinced he was running for a gun. He gave us a CD to play. Uh, I don't know, some kind of music, I think. I forget. I think he like put like a, like a music uh, CD together with all his favorite songs. And we distracted Bernie Getz, and I did the old switcheroo. Because every once in a while, I would do the old switcheroo, because I knew people would get really mad when I broke their shit. Sometimes I didn't care, and I just broke their shit. But uh, we distracted him. I did the switcheroo, and then I got his attention. I go, oh, you want us to play this CD? Oh, right here. And I smashed it right in front of him. Bill Burr was in studio. And uh, Bernie Getz famously said, you Motherfucker! His voice got really high, and he ran out of the studio. This was when we had our studio on um, 57th Street. We were alone. We had our own space, which was beautiful. I think that was the start of the, the end for the Opie and Anthony show when they insisted that we had to move over to the giant corporate building in Times Square. But that's a story from an, for another time. So Bernie gets uh, runs out of the studio. He runs for his uh, gym bag. He's like... He's furious, and he's, he's uh, hastily looking through this gym bag, looking for something. I'm like, holy fuck. And thank God we had security. And long story short, uh, he came running back to yell at me some more because he realized that he did not bring his gun. Oh, yes, I was nervous. Wow. But you rule, Bernie. Bernie. No. No, no this, you do. This it. one, right? It says, um, on the front. Oh, what oh you motherfucker! <laughs> Tony, uh, Tony, you're asking for trouble. Tony, oh, he's coming over. Oh, Bernie, Bernie, sit down, sit down. Oh my God, wait. He's really mad. He's really mad. You pissed, you pissed off Bernie. Gets. All right, get over there. Get over there. It's getting hot in here. It's getting, it's getting hot, hot in here. here. It's getting real hot Bernie, in here. Bernie, you don't have to take that. You don't have to take that, Bernie. All right, sit down. Stand up for your rights, Bernie. Sit down, Bernie. Sit down. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Poe. It's okay. Poe, it's okay. Poe, it's okay. Poe, it's okay. Poe, it's okay. All right, have Bernie sit down. Bernie, take a seat. Let's all calm down. That's all right. Oh, yeah. Hand over that fucking CD. Oh, you're going to have another. You lunatic. All right, Bernie. He's fine. Oh, he's fine, Paul. Paul, he's fine. You tell him to relax. Yeah, Yeah, everyone just relax. Everybody relax. All he did was take the CD out. I mean, fuck you. Keep the CD. I won't be here again. Bernie. 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 Bernie's leaving. Oh man. Do you got his CD? Give him his CD. Oh, you ruined it. Bring it back in. Give him his CD. No, we'll explain what happened. We'll explain what happened. Bring it back in. Bernie, come. Oh, okay, he's going into his bag. Holy shit. He's going into a bag. No, he's at Bernie. Bernie. It's okay, he's Bernie, zipping up. Bernie, we got up. the CD. We got the CD. Oh, Bern- he's pissed. 
Oh my wait, God, wait follow him out. out with a follow him out with the cell phone. Make sure he knows we never. It was a fake CD. No, follow him out with the cell phone. Oh, Opie took a fake. It wasn't his CD. And <laughs> oh, wasn't his CD? It. No, of and course he lost not. His mind. Of Did you get him not. into CD? He I was. Think we, really... I think we saw some of that rage. Yeah. That was that rage. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was it. That was yeah. like like one of those bad court dramas on TV right, where yeah. the guy finally snaps. Finally on the cracks stand. him. The lawyer cracks. All right, him. I did it. See. And I, I, I assume most people know who Bernie Getz is, right? He was the subway uh, uh, vigilante. He shot up three or four uh, black uh, teenagers on the subway. It was an ugly, ugly scene back in the day. And then you fast forward, and he's just, you know, living his life again. He's not in jail or anything. He's raising squirrels, I remember. Look at this idiot on a bike. Can you see this idiot on a bike? You're an idiot! Who rides a bike on the beach? Oh, shit. He heard me and he stopped. Oh. Oh, no, he's picking up. Uh... You know what? I like the guy. I like you. Carry on. He, uh, he's picking up uh, balloons. When I walk this beach every morning, there are balloons. You know, you think nothing of it. Happy birthday or happy Father's Day or... Uh, congratulations on your graduation. And you enjoy the balloon for a half hour and then you let it go. Well, all those balloons end up on this beach and every other fucking beach in America, around the world. Uh, if we're lucky, uh, a lot of times those balloons are in the ocean and uh, they look like jellyfish. And uh, jellyfish are delicious for a lot of things that live in the ocean. So they swallow those balloons and then they, uh, you know, they die because you're not really supposed to eat fucking balloons. So enjoy your special day with your balloons. How old are you? Why do you need a balloon? I think after five years old, you don't need balloons anymore. Fuck. So I like that guy. He's actually uh, picking up some some garbage on the beach. Perhaps add to rest to your list. Scott. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I get excited, and I do want to yell and scream shit every once in a while. Yeah, maybe. All right, we could add a little uh, touch of Tourette's as well. I'll accept that. So, we got a couple walking a doggy to my left. They'll probably let the dog just shit all over the beach. A couple times a summer, you're walking down to the ocean with your kids or a fishing pole, and you get the squishies in between your toes as you step on somebody's dog's poo. Yeah, there he goes. Dog's just shitting right now. Let's see if they pick it up. Dog is pooed. Oh, doing the right thing. Thank you. That, wait, are you going to throw it over there? What are, you, what are you doing? Now he just ran with the poo. He just ran with the poo. The woman's walking away. She's mortified. She's basically like, what are you doing with the poo? Throw it over there. Because <laughs> we want to have our romantic walk, and I don't want a bag of poo in your bathing suit. Harry, come on. Come on, Harry. We're living in the moment. What are you doing with the poo? Oh, he, he uh, all right, wait. <laughs> this fucking guy just. Uh, you see those? You see those chairs? He just put his bag of poo on the chairs. The guy just fucking put his bag of poo on someone else's chair. I guess he's gonna pick it up on the way out. Who knows? Fucking animals.
Oh, look, that's a crab. But anyway, uh, and also um, on my Twitter, uh, there was a study that came out, an international study that's basically saying that uh, wearing a mask is very, very safe because a lot of people are trying to say that wearing a mask is dangerous uh, for your health as far as oxygen and all these other things. And it came out that, no, you're perfectly safe wearing a mask. And then I, I uh, tweeted that. And I said something like, well, there goes that argument. And that's all you need to do to trigger people on Twitter. And uh, my Twitter is alive and well right now. And people are like, uh, one guy goes, why don't you leave the country? He wants me to leave the country because I believe wearing a mask helps me, helps my family, and helps people especially around me from getting the coronavirus. So because I believe that, and he certainly doesn't, I need to leave the country. <laughs> That's where we're at with this stuff, God. And it's because he's he's following a, a dopey politician. And I said dopey politician, you know, there's there's a lot of those guys that are basically saying, you know, don't wear a mask. And my whole thought on this is that I like to uh, have common sense, and my common sense comes from scientists. You know, the same scientists that figured out how to grow a human ear on the back of a mouse. You know, those scientists that are fucking brilliant, those guys are telling us to wear a mask and that it's helpful. But no, ignore science and ignore scientists that do amazing things and listen to a stupid, dopey politician or a stupid, dopey newsreader. Ugh. But at the very least, if you don't want to wear a mask, so be it. It is America. But I'm going to wear one. And my knowledge comes from scientists and doctors, not some dumb politician that just wants to take more money out of my stupid pocket. God. Trump 2020, there you go, Charlie Joseph. If you believe in the Trumpster, and if you believe he's going to make your life better, then so be it, my friend. So be it. If he wins, I won't even shed a tear. I just don't understand the passion for, for either side. I just don't understand it. Oh, you're just trying to get me riled up? <laughs> it's all right, Charlie. I find it really funny how easy it is to trigger people on both sides. Really easy. They get really passionate about their guy, and, oh, God, uh, we shouldn't do this again, right? And I'm sure there's a few of you in here that are passionate about your guy. That's all right. I mean, if I, if I see, like, a dramatic drop in my taxes, and I know a politician did that, no matter what side, then I think I would have a little more passion. And I do believe, you know, there's people in industries out there that it, it certainly does matter uh, who the president is, so I can't be totally blind to that, to that passion thing. But I think uh, there's a majority of us that, uh, oh, God, why are we doing this? Sorry, guys. I don't know. I just think there's a majority of, of us that uh, it doesn't really matter who the president is. We, we still struggle through our lives. Still looking for, you know, more money to, to feed our families and live a proper life. Massachusetts uh, checking in. Got a soft spot in my heart for the Massachusetts. Sometimes I wish I never left. But then again, I wouldn't have uh, met my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. Life's weird that way. When people say, man, I wish I never... Well, look at what you got around you, man, because none of that would have happened. Well, actually, how do you know, Hope? 
There's a lot of mystery out there, you know. No. I mean, I, I, I agree with the mystery, but uh, I don't know. I wasn't even going to go to Philly the day I met my wife because my dad just died. And I was doing that promotion for XM, and uh, they called me up. They, they had like a 10-city promotional tour, something like that. I don't know. And uh, the first stop was Philly, and they called me up to like, we understand if you don't want to go because, you know, we, I know you're dealing with uh, the death of your dad. And I was like, ah, I'll go for the day. Get out of this dumb mourning thing. Get out of this dumb crying thing. And then I went down there, and uh, the rest is history. I, I met my, my wife that day. So it's hard to believe if I didn't go that day, and I was on the fence. It's hard to believe that I, I would have actually met her in another way. I, I don't know. I don't. Anyone believe in that shit? I think there's a lot of chance in life. My neighbor's waving to me as he uh, puts up his American flag. I like that. I like seeing that. I had another neighbor. He uh, he was really serious. He he has an American flag, very patriotic. Uh, full disclosure: a uh, a massive Trump supporter to the point that we've made um, the beach around where we fish a, a no-politic zone so we could just enjoy fishing and other things. Is the wind too bad? Be honest. If, it, if it's too bad, we just shut this down and we, we could do it tomorrow or, or later. Um, but he has a American flag, and he's, he's talking to me. He's like, I don't know how to dispose of this thing. That's the problem when you get an American flag. It, it's like... It's like it's like having nuclear waste. You don't know how to properly, you know, get rid of the thing. He goes, I can't just throw it in the garbage. And I'm like, I don't know what the rules are, but I do know this. I know you're very patriotic. I know you respected the flag. I know you took care of your flag. So I think I think it's okay if you just kind of put it in the garbage. Now, please, if that sounds outrageous, please set me straight. But he's, he's, all, uh, he's all panicky about uh, getting rid of the the flag properly and i was like i don't know man your intentions over the years when you had this thing were really really good uh what's up rachel again you're supposed to fold it and store it and it cannot touch the ground even if you're done with it man so i I can i I don't think i could ever get an american flag man because i don't take care of my stuff properly and then what if someone walks in my house and the flag just happens to be on the floor not on purpose, then, then what? They call the authorities and they yank me out of my house? What happens? Wait, there's a... All right, we're learning stuff. I like this. There's a disposal at the libraries. You could take your old flags to the library. I didn't know that. Or the VFW hall. And they will dispose of it properly. Do they, do they give it a formal uh, burial? What happens? <laughs> Now I'm involved with my neighbor's flag. I feel bad for him. He's just sitting there with this flag, and he's kind of panicking. He wants to get rid of it just because it's old now. He's got another one, by the way. So, I mean, can't you just dispose of it like you you do your, your family pet? You bring that dog home, and you love it to death, and you take care of it, and it's part of your family. And then uh, the thing dies, and then, you know, you, your dad takes it away while you're sleeping. And probably just throws it in the woods, <laughs> but it doesn't take away from the fact that it was a it was a big part of your life. Can't you do that? Can't you dispose the the flag like we dispose pets? It's what my dad did. 
What happened to the dog? You know, it was always uh, we. If our dogs were lucky enough to live a full life and not get hit by the cars in front of the house, which I discussed on uh, a past episode, uh, we would find them frozen on the vestibule floor, just frozen in time. And then we would all be horrified as little kids. And then, uh, I don't know, we they would put cartoons on or something. Next thing you know, the dog is not frozen on the vestibule floor anymore. My dad took it somewhere. And he was very, very shady where he took it. And I think he would try to say that he took it to the vet or whatever. But uh, there were a lot of woods in the back of our house. I'm convinced now that I'm older that he took it up there. You know, because he didn't believe in the body. When his dad died, he said, you know what? I never uh, visited his, his gravesite because he didn't believe that his dad was there in spirit. He just believed there was the vessel that the soul had for a few years on earth. So he didn't really think much of going to grave sites. So I would assume he thought the same with with the uh, the dog. Does dogs have souls? I think they do. I think that's where we fucked up with religion. Making it sound like we are the 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 great species on earth and everything else uh, should service us. I think that was dumb, whoever came up with that. But uh, I think my dad... Uh, because he didn't really believe in the in the uh, in the body after it died, and he loved the the dogs uh, to death as well. I, I think he took them up into the woods and buried them in a shallow grave. That's what I think. So why can't you do the same thing with with your flag? Throw the flag out into the street in front of the Huntington House, Jennifer Ferris, <laughs> where so many things died. Just imagine having a childhood home where so many things die in front of it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I should write a horror movie. Haven't you ever watched a dog purpose? I cry the entire time. I, I I don't know what that is, Rachel, actually. Is it a movie or something? I don't watch the dog movies because you know in the end they gotta have the dog die. Why do, they, why do they have to have the dog die? Why can't they have a cute family movie with a dog and the thing survives? Why can't the final scene be the dog running in a field with its, with its family? Every dog movie that comes out, I'm like, nope. Dog's going to die. Not into it. Sorry. What else died at the Huntington house? Jim Bishop, my God, my friend. You're way behind. And the people that are with me every day they don't want me to go over the same stuff every single day but it was something like uh really quick three dogs one cat and my dad that that pretty much uh sums it up i think and then let's not talk about tenants right now where we found them you know odin in the woods and and one might have left a suicide note before he uh parked his car on the train tracks in Greenlawn. but whatever i think we've talked about that as well so What's up, Carol? Good morning from Montana. What's up, Montana? Everyone needs a Carol. I don't want to say this because she might still be in the in the room, but Carol's like a Karen, right? That's a, that's another one of those names, isn't it? I mean, at this point, you can't even name anything Karen, but I think Carol's close, right? Oh, just still in here, Carol. <laughs> What's up? Uh, <laughs>
Greg's a terrible name. I'll be the first one to say that, Jay. That's why I think I stuck with the dumb nickname Opie for so long, because I didn't really ever like my real name. I mean, respect to my parents for naming me Greg. It meant a lot to them, but uh, I never liked my name. But at least they were smart enough not to uh, throw the Gregory name at me. My mom is like, I like the name Greg, but I don't like Gregory. So officially, I'm not Gregory. That sounds, yeah, that sounds terrible. Greg was on our shortlist for boys' names. Look, if you like the name, that's that's totally fine, man. I don't know what I would have liked. I mean, my brother's names are cool. I like my brother's names are Brett. I like that name a lot. My other brother's name is uh, Quinn. I like that a lot. But uh, you know, the first the first three kids that my parents had. Uh, I have an older sister. Uh, they got lazy with the names. It was Greg, Scott, and Darren. And then they were like, you know what? We're going to have at least another three kids. Why don't we start getting fancy with the names? And then the, the second half of the kids got better names, I think. They went Holly, which is a good name because uh, you know, she was born around Christmas. And then they went Brett and Quinn. Like Those are way hipper names, I think. Maybe they started smoking the dupe. Maybe. Maybe they started smoking dope. I would like to think that my parents smoked dope. I don't know where they would have been able to do that, though. Although, man, they grew tomato plants. And, man, you start sniffing tomato plants, you get a little confused for a split second that it could be marijuana, especially if you're younger. So maybe maybe they were uh, growing the tomato plants to hide the, the marijuana smoke. Nah, they were, uh, they were straight edge. My mom barely drank until later in her life, but I'll uh, I'll explain that on a future episode. Stupid fucking doctors prescribing pills. Fuck doctors that prescribe pills willy-nilly. My mom wouldn't drink a beer, wouldn't have a glass of wine, wouldn't take a pill for nothing. I don't even think she took aspirin. And you fast forward, she had some issues mentally, and next thing you know, she's addicted to everything, or was. They got it under control, but uh, it started with lazy fucking doctors. And they do this all the time. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, all right, here, take this. What do you mean, take this? What does that mean? Uh, Will I ever get off it someday? Ah, no. If you take this, then eventually you're going to have to take this, this, and this. Yeah, but then I'm going to be on four or five pills, and I don't want any of that. Well, yeah, but if you're on the four or five pills, then they got this pill that will chill out the, uh, the effects of these pills. Next thing you know, you don't even know what you're taking anymore. Fuck those doctors. Lazy sons of bitches. And I, I do believe they profit from uh, getting us all addicted to pills. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. In the 70s, doctors ruined people. See, Carol, there you go. She knows. Now, here's the deal, though. They've come a long way with medication. And uh, if a doctor is really good and really listening to you and studying your case or, your, or uh, the case of someone in your family and they prescribe something after they, they decided this is the best way to, to treat you, then so be it. And some of the drugs are good and I don't want to be like completely against it. But I'm talking about these doctors. They're out there. They're fucking lazy as shit. And they just want you out of your out of out of their office because they got a whole uh, Congo line of people coming through, so they get rid of you quickly. 
they're like, yeah, maybe I could like get into this case a little more and see what's really going on here. And I don't know, maybe I could have uh, suggested therapy or something. But it's so easy to just get my script out and, and write out a prescription for this person and get them the fuck out of my office. And that happens every single moment, every single day in America. Fuck those guys. I like that dramatic out. Boo, 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 boo,